Hi there, I'm Sophia Amoruso, founder and CEO of Girlboss, and this is Girlboss Radio. Girlboss Radio is the show for and about ambitious women, exploring the wins, losses, and insights learned on the winding road to success. I'm so happy you're joining me today. As you've noticed, we have some new theme music for the show. I love it, and I hope you do too. I feel like I'm on vacation. I want to hear what you think of it. And I also just, you know, you guys have been sharing your love for Girlboss Radio on Insta Stories, which I absolutely love. And when you do, if you tag me, I often reshare them. I'm in my deep DMs every day. I can't get to everything. I can't restory everything, but I'm looking. So please share Girlboss Radio if you love what we're doing. If you're a makeup lover, our next guest needs no introduction. She's known all over YouTube and Instagram for her quirky, fun, and super helpful videos filled with all sorts of beauty tips. She's also a massive entrepreneur. Her name is Huda Katan. She's the founder and CEO of Huda Beauty. Huda went from being a makeup artist and YouTuber to a fully-fledged entrepreneur who is at the top of her game, has been for a while. In a few short years since Huda launched Huda Beauty with her two sisters, the company has now grown into a billion dollar business. And it all started with some eyelashes and a willingness to stick to her vision. When we were, you know, picking out who we needed to go with as a distributor, basically everyone told us they didn't think we had a chance. Finally, somebody like these, you know, two girls, they were amazing. They believe in what we were doing. They put us in front of Sephora and we pitched the hell out of it. Um, Sephora US was not interested in us at the time. Nobody really was except for this um, Sephora Dubai mall. Um, they were willing to try us out and see how we did. And uh, we like closed up shop. We sold everything. We have a lot in store for you in this episode, so stay tuned to hear how Huda got started, how she organizes her work days, and how she manages to stay balanced while growing her beauty empire. And oh yeah, Huda even lets me test out some of her latest lipsticks and shows me how to apply them with precision. Probably the first audio beauty tutorial. Hopefully it's helpful, certainly helpful to me. Here's our conversation. Usually I start the podcast with questions about our guests' careers, which we're going to get into. But first, I'm just going to take advantage of the fact that I don't have any makeup on today. And I feel like I really should have tried harder this morning. And I want to live up to what I think we would all try to uh, in Huda's presence. <laughs> so she's actually going to, I don't know if makeup tutorials have ever happened on a podcast. but this We're going to pioneer that. Okay. And she's going <laughs> to describe how to do a great lip. This is uh, a color from Huda Beauty called Rendezvous. Yes, it's Rendezvous. Beautiful. And you're going to tell me how I can apply lipstick without liner because I never have the liner and then I try to do the lipstick and I just feel like I draw like a clown face. So am I walking you through it or am I going to play it on you? <laughs> yes, please put it Let on Let me try me. it on you. Can I and use describe... your mic when I go over there? Yes. Okay, I'm coming over to you. Okay. So you have actually really beautiful full lips. Ooh. So the best thing to do with a lipstick is to kind of, um, it depends on what, your, what effect you're looking for. The deeper the color, the more it is important to make sure that it's lined really well. Um, a, a simple color like this, it's actually really easy just to apply all over. So I'm going to ask you just to kind of like smile and then open your mouth at the same time. So you're like, yeah, you look ridiculous kind of. Nobody actually smiles like that. Uh. Yeah, you know, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? And that kind of just basically tightens your lips and allows you to get like a better application. If you're going with a deeper color, you definitely 
I mean, you want to start with a lip liner, some baking powder, <laughs> a lot of things to make sure that it's perfect. So you can go ahead and like blend your lips together. And that's pretty simple for wow. a pink lip. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty simple. So you apply it to the bottom. Yeah, I usually like to go on the bottom and then just kind of like blend it with um, applying it to the top. Now, our lipsticks are really creamy, so you can... She's reaching around a microphone. Yeah, I am. Okay, Huda just schooled me. I don't know what it looks <laughs> really like, easy. but I know it looks good. You have really easy lips. Thanks. Rendezvous. Yeah. Cool. We're I gonna, will say your lips are easy to work with. We're going to rendezvous right now <laughs> about your career. <laughs> Some lips are more challenging to work with. And I think if people are looking for like that perfect pout, you definitely want to make sure that you kind of um, manage like the the distance and everything. It gets really complicated. <laughs> do you, how often do you reapply? Like what if I eat food? Well, that one you will have to reapply <laughs> for sure. It depends. If you're having a burger, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, if you're having a salad, you can do that like that whole thing they do. And those videos, have you guys seen those videos in Asia where they're like, oh yeah, those are amazing. Mm -hmm. I love them. I try to eat like that. <laughs> then it doesn't get into your teeth either. No, it's amazing. Only chew with, only bite with the back of your mouth. Yes. So Huda, wow. Um, you have about 45 million followers across your social channels. Yeah. Your company is worth a, over a billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> your net worth is over $550 million. And you have like an incredible kind of chart topping uh, beauty collection, a Facebook watch series. I want to talk about your incredible trajectory. Thank but you. first, I want to start at the <laughs> beginning. Okay. Because um, we all have a first job, and usually yeah. those aren't as glamorous as the kind of things we're going to talk about today. Huda, what was your first job? So I had a couple of jobs I did at the same time when I first started. I was working at a clothing store, and then um, I was also at Dunkin' Donuts which I was really good at making coffee, I have to tell you. <laughs> I was like a barista. Yeah, is there is there even espresso or do you just make the coffee? No, it's like it's like not Americano, it's just like coffee, like black coffee all the time that you mix, can my mouth to swear, you mix shit with? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> all the time. Ashwagandha or? Oh no, it was not kidding. that fancy. I was like 16 at the time. We was like straight up cream or sugar. It's called Dunkin' now, which is really funny because I guess they want to expand beyond donuts. It's not called Dunkin' Donuts anymore. Wow. Yeah, it's Dunkin' because I think maybe I like they just want to be known for their coffee because that's the only thing people really care about. So <laughs> you got in early. I did when I was still donuts. And you know what? They wouldn't give me free donuts on my lunch break. I made donuts once. I like fried them in the fryer. So good, right? Yeah, it was it was kind of fun. It was kind of gratifying, but <laughs> it was like late at night, so was, I had to stay up all night. It didn't, last, like, I made it didn't last very long, but I got to take all the donuts home that like didn't get sold. Oh my god! So, so funny. my roommates really liked me. <laughs> what did you learn from Dunkin' Donuts that you think you might have that you might be, might be applying to your career today? Do you know what's so funny is um I feel like very early on I really liked serving people, and I still feel now it's really weird, but I feel like I love the idea of like being of service to people. Um, it's really funny, but I feel like we don't think about it a lot of times, but a lot of us actually do like to do that. I mean, with your mission, Girl Boss, that's clearly a huge service to all women. So I think like a lot of times we don't think about it, but we are serving people and I actually genuinely love it. There's just something about it that just feels like very gratifying. It's maybe, it sounds selfless, but it's actually kind of selfish as well. Like we feel good. Like we feel good when we do that. So I love it. Does Duncan know like you worked at Duncan? I don't think so. You should totally do something <laughs> with Duncan and tell and like teach us all how to reapply lipstick after we Maybe. drink our coffee. Maybe I, I wore a lot of makeup when I was at Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> and, and you worked in finance at some I, point. Yeah, I graduated. I did my undergrad in, in finance, and uh, I didn't really work in finance because I didn't want to be like an investment banker or any of that stuff. I hated it. 
like very quickly when I like was about to finish my degree, I was like, I made a mistake. This was not what I should have done. I should have done marketing, but it was too late and I would have taken too long to graduate. So I ended up going um, in as an investment, as a um, recruiter for finance. Oh, wow. So I didn't like that either. <laughs> There's so many of our guests who start in finance in some way and then just describe how much they hated it. Oh, but bad. I think maybe, you know, I would recommend to our listeners get into finance and hate it because it, <laughs> you end up being a really successful person. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, it's funny because uh, I think it can be quite. It can be quite challenging to work in finance. Like the industry itself, the people who are there are not as friendly. So I think that can be really, really hard for some people. Doesn't sound very, maybe not very fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you're probably making more, you're definitely making more money now than you would have in finance. Yeah, I know. Well, depending on like what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. So prior to your beauty empire, you were a makeup artist. How did you get your break into that? Because you worked with a lot of celebrities, yeah. which I think is even that alone is really challenging. How did you yeah. get into that? Um, so I was really confused about what I wanted to do as far as like, you know, what was going to be my next step? Because obviously I'd spent my whole entire life building my resume and, you know, believing that that was the, the role I needed to take. And then we had the financial crash in 2008. That was literally the year I graduated. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, this is obviously what I thought was going to be so solid. And it's not I'm driving up the road, I'm broke, I have no money, but I need to feel good. So I'm going to buy lipstick, you know, to make myself feel good. Um, you know, and it kind of it was crazy, because I really didn't realize, you know, what was happening in the world and what was going on. But there was a change. And, um, you know, it, it was it was an interesting time, um, I think. To, I'm so glad I studied finance then and I graduated then. Because had I maybe worked longer, I would have probably been more patient. If I didn't go through what I went through, if I didn't get fired, I'd still be working there. So you got fired. What did you get fired for? Uh, um, my boss said I didn't belong there. He was right. <laughs> he was that right. That's a really weird reason yeah. to get fired. That's like, you, know, he said you don't me, belong? Yeah, you know, he said, he said, why aren't you studying makeup or fashion? And I was like... I'm going to prove you wrong and work even harder. He's like, no, you're not. You're fired. <laughs> yeah. That's a great push in the right direction. It was. Sometimes things that seem really, really bad and really hard for us. Yeah. And we're pushed out of things that seem to be our path. Totally. Send us in the right direction. Totally. Yeah. You were a very early YouTuber and you mentioned someone could get into vlogging now. Do you yeah. think, I mean, what kind of, how much harder and more crowded is it now? Are there people that you're seeing break out right now in the vlogging space? I mean, it's, it's definitely happening. There's some people who've come in quite late and they're blowing up really fast. Um, and I really think it depends on, you know, if what they're offering is something new, something interesting. I think people are looking for people who have a different perspective, um, a different point of view, and they want to hear it. Um, people who aren't afraid to, to speak their mind. I mean, I love following that. Um, so I think there is definitely space. It just depends on like what you're like, what do you think is your point of differentiation? Are there any up and comers that like you would shout out or be like, damn, I, I think lot. they're really interesting. Is there a few that we could go follow? And I mean, there is a lot. Um, gosh, where do I even start? I obviously know the ones on Instagram a lot. Um, Oh man, there's so many. There's this one girl that I'm obsessed with um, who just recently got pregnant. Um, her name is Jesus Gang. She's so dope. She's Nigerian. She's in New York. She's just so beautiful. All her pictures are stunning. She's kind of like a natural beauty. She's just uh, so beautiful. Um, I also met this really cute girl the other day. Her name is XOXO Charlie MUA. So adorable. Does a lot of colorful eyes. She's beautiful. Her makeup beat is like flawless. Um, yeah, I would give the two of them shout outs. They're really sweet. 
Hey everybody, it's Sophia here, founder and CEO of Girlboss, and you know, your host for Girlboss Radio. We talk a lot about success here and how we can each reach it on our own terms. And getting there isn't always a straightforward path, but what I can tell you is that it is infinitely easier when you have a mentor and the right support system in place. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about our new podcast, Mentor Memos, in partnership with Tressa May. It's all about, you guessed it, mentorship. And I'm sure you've heard it before, but the right mentorship can play such a huge role in helping you navigate those tricky career and life decisions that we all face. I know I've faced them. We were able to bring mentor memos to life thanks to Tresemme. And because just like us, Tresemme really believes in empowering passionate listeners like you. And we here at Girlboss share the same mission of providing women with the tools they need so they can become the leaders our world so desperately needs. You'll learn a little bit more about Mentor Memos later on the show, but before you forget, I want you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Just search Mentor Memos wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll be set for when the podcast drops September 15th. So you started your YouTube channel back in 2007? So I was actually, I opened my my account, and I think I was watching videos. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't actually making videos. Because yeah. we went yeah. all the way back to the beginning. <laughs> it was 2010 when you started making I, you know, to be honest, for YouTube, I started, but I feel like I didn't really properly do videos until recently. Um, I was like, po- I was popping a video out and people were like, oh my God, your YouTube t- t- tutorials are the best. And I wasn't doing them regularly. I was really focusing on a blog that, you know, Huda Beauty was my blog at the time. And that's all I was doing. So um, it's kind of crazy because now I feel like YouTube is definitely bigger. Blogging's kind of died. Yeah. How did you build your, because people don't go to websites no. in the same way. We still get a lot of to. unique users, but um, yeah. yeah. How did you go about building that audience on your blog? We were using so many, we were at the time, it's so funny because I feel like now you do 360 like social marketing, like you, you know, you promote yourself on Twitter, you promote yourself on Facebook, you promote yourself everywhere. We were doing that at the time. We were like, you know, we were trying to grow ourselves on Facebook. We were just starting on Instagram and we were literally like pushing the, like everything, all the posts like 360 at the time. Um, and that was really good. Facebook was probably the first thing that we used. And that was really helpful because we were able to go like global, like really, really well. We were, you know, so popular in the Middle East, but like getting to like other parts of the world, like New York and California or Australia, Asia, we really had to use social media for that. So you are one of the most followed people on Instagram with <laughs> 37 million followers just tell me how like I mean I'm sure it's a really long story but what are the things that you think primarily contributed to what you've achieved at least with your Instagram following yeah I think um we are not shy or nervous when it comes to beauty so we definitely push the envelope a lot and I think people um you know like it sometimes when I run into people like I was I was doing a video once with Bella Hadid and she was like I see the weirdest shit on your YouTube on your Instagram and I can't stop watching it and I get lost in this like vortex on your Instagram um, page and I feel like that's one thing like I will put almost anything on my face I almost try any procedure anything like just because I'm first of all I'm so curious about how it works and then secondly like I just think it's fun um and so I think people are like usually interested that we're going to show them something new most probably and you are you have a facebook watch show yeah called who to boss who to boss all right who is the boss you're the boss <laughs> just by the way uh, and you create so much social content 
what does your team look like? How how do you create that much content across multiple accounts? Yeah. So you have at Huda, you have at Huda Beauty, you have at Huda Shop. Yeah, shop, that's right. Shop. Yeah, Huda Beauty Shop. Um, I've followed all three. <laughs> oh, I love you. Yeah, I already followed you. But um, what is creating that amount of content like? I mean, you wake up. How early in the morning does that start? Oh, my God. Do you really? I'm like a nerd. I'm not cool. I pretend to be cool on social media, but I'm not. We're all nerds here. <laughs> I wake up at like usually on the latest 6 a.m., but I try to wake up at 5 a.m. pretty diligently every day. And then I start my day really early. And then by 10 a.m., I'm done with my day and I'm ready to start meetings. And I'm very firm on that. Like that, that's not negotiable. If I don't do that, I'm really bitchy. <laughs> Wait, done with your day by 10 a.m.? What does that mean? Like I've done everything I need to do. I've shot my tutorials. I've done my personal content. I've spent time with my daughter. I've journaled all that shit that I need to do. Like from, I will do yoga or whatever it is from 5 a.m. till 10 a.m. So that those five hours for me are everything. How many hours a night do you sleep? Um, I sleep eight to nine hours a day. So you go to bed at like nine. Yeah, 8.30 That's amazing. <laughs> if I wake up at five, I have to go to bed kind of early. So I usually do try to wake up at um, at six if I can. So you started Huda Beauty in 2013 with your yeah. sisters. Yeah. How did so you... So complicated. Yeah. What led you to start your own line? I know you had... There was a debacle with eyelashes. Yeah. That, that, that started everything. So true. There was like no good eyelashes out there. And I have no eyelashes. Literally, when I remove these, if I were to remove them, I have like no eyelashes. It's so weird. I am such a hairy person. And for whatever reason, I have more hairs on my lip than I do on my eyelashes. <laughs> this is so weird. So, um, so you know, I became very obsessed with them at a very young age. Like I was like, oh my God, I want lashes. My sisters have beautiful lashes. I feel like a boy. Um, and so I did, not, I did not want to start a brand. Personally, I did not think I was capable of starting a brand. I always told myself I'm not a businesswoman. I am not capable of that. Like that's just, I'm staying in my lane. Content creator, that's who I am. Am. Um, and I genuinely love to create content. But then my sisters kind of forced me to start our brand. And I'll be honest, I've gone through a lot of um, like positions and also emotions. And I've transformed a lot as a person, like having to, you know, be in a place where I always say this, like, we don't know what we're capable of, you know, and like you get put into a position and you don't even know all of a sudden you become somebody you never thought you would become. I didn't want to become CEO of our company. My husband was like, you have to be. And it really taught me so much about myself it's really crazy you know yeah. like you don't know what you're capable of until you're forced into that position and so um I can't say that enough um yeah. I think people underestimate you know they say work work you're working all the time but when you are on a trajectory and you're able to go down rabbit holes and learn things it's business can be such an opportunity for personal growth yeah. because you're just pushed into things you have absolutely no control over and you have to you're buried under it and you have to find your way out if you don't have the personal growth you won't be able to deal with you know what's to come and I feel like we've I've always I do a lot of personal development and I feel like I do the inside work so I can deal with the outside if I don't I literally like I can't talk to people I can't I, I'm almost debilitated so I think it's really important I've been forcing my my team to do that too and you work with a coach I do I've had a life coach for three years how is that what is the, your life coach do she's almost like my therapist <laughs> do you go to no, therapy too no I don't no she's uh she's kind of both if I'm honest she's uh she's amazing she's a psychologist but she's also genuinely an amazing life coach um and you know she, I feel like a lot of times just saying things out loud puts things in perspective and you're almost like okay so I feel this way I feel frustrated because I want to do this and I feel like I am you know there's so much more that I want to happen but you have all those feelings inside and then when you start putting them out 
like side all of a sudden you're like oh my god this is actually how I fix this and this is why this is happening and maybe I need to be a little patient here um, but it's just it's it puts a lot of clarity the only thing I will tell you is I know there's a lot of life coaches out there and I think that you really need to find the right one for you that's really what changed my life a lot she's amazing so I want to get back to Huda Beauty yes um, how did you initially fund it so I um, borrowed six thousand dollars from my sister and uh, I promised her if I didn't sell the lashes, I was going to wear them all and then pay her back one lash at a time. And she agreed. It was <laughs> she's really nice. <laughs> I actually calculated. I was like, wow, that would have taken me my entire lifetime to pay her to back. Wear. <laughs> yeah, to pay her back. It would have been crazy. Um, and then so we funded it ourselves. And then it wasn't enough, honestly. Um, so I had to do a couple of makeup gigs, but we were struggling. Um, you know, we were struggling so badly for the first couple years and actually the distributor we had at the time was like, Hey, we'll help fund you guys. Um, and it was really challenging because then they ended up not ordering that many products because I think they wanted to keep our value down and it was really challenging. How did you figure out how to make eyelashes? Oh God. My sister Mona forced me into it. Cause I was like, I'm not going to do this. We're not starting a brand. We're not going to do it. She's like, no, we are. And she actually found manufacturers that we could work with. And she like, I was cutting them up and making them and she was taking those and sending them over. She like forced me to start this. She literally forced me. Are like, you so grateful? I am, but I don't know if she's grateful because I feel like I drive her crazy now. Well, hopefully she has equity in the company. She, she has a lot. She can be grateful yeah. for that. <laughs> You know, I just want to shift gears for just a little bit because I have some exciting news for you. We are in the midst of getting all the details ready for the second ever Girl Boss Retreat. We're hosting it this October in partnership with our wonderful friends, the luxury car maker Cadillac. And when I say we're planning the Girl Boss Retreat, I want you to picture this. We're taking over a luxury resort in beautiful, picturesque Colorado Springs, Colorado. I'm excited and I know you are. And we're transforming it into a three-day event that's one part inspirational getaway and one part professional conference. And that's because we're totally reimagining what a business retreat can be in 2019. I had the luxury of attending last year's retreat with Cadillac and it was totally, totally life-changing for everybody there. So powerful. Consider this your official invitation to the Girl Boss Retreat with Cadillac. I want you to join us and I want you to join me because I'll be there. So check out girlbossretreat.eventbrite.com. That's girlbossretreat.eventbrite.com. You had some early issues. There's obviously, it sounds like with your distributor. Yeah. But when you tried to get your lashes into Sephora, yeah. that didn't, that they didn't, they didn't bite. No. Nobody bit. <laughs> How did you transform that no into a yes? It took a lot of time. Um, I know it's really weird, but like I, I'm a firm believer in like energy and all these things. And I always, I know it sounds so weird and I, I can't say this enough. I trust my intuition before I trust like a logical decision. And um, I've used it 99% of the time and the 1% of the time that I haven't it's always been something I've regretted so the company knows like sometimes I'm gonna ha I'm gonna make a decision that's gonna be completely based on gut and they need to trust it um, and I feel like I'm very connected with it so when we were you know picking out who we needed to go with as a distributor basically everyone told us they didn't think we had a chance finally somebody like these you know two girls they were amazing they believe in what we were doing they put us in front of Sephora and we pitched the hell out of it um, Sephora US 
was not interested in us at the time. Nobody really was, except for this um, Sephora Dubai Mall. Um, they were willing to try us out and see how we did. And uh, we, like, closed up shop. We sold everything. Like, everything they had, they had thought they were going to have for a year, we closed out in, like, a week. And Dubai is an amazing market for the beauty business. It is, yeah. Why, why do you think? I mean, people there love beauty. They're not afraid to experiment with beauty. It's like it's part of the culture from a very young age. I feel like in the states, like people don't wear as much makeup. They don't. They don't necessarily need to. We have features that can take a lot of makeup. Like my eyelids, if I don't wear a ton of eyeliner, they just look different. I look so much better with eyeliner. So, <laughs> so I do feel like it's you know it's so weird. Um, I grew up in Tennessee, and I was like, why am I wearing so much eyeliner? Like I don't understand. But it's genuinely our features can take it. You know, I wear like crazy lashes. They're beautiful. Thank you. Looking. Thank you. So I'm looking at your products in front of me right now, and they're mm-hmm. beauty and uh, beautiful. And I have some <laughs> on my lips. Yes. Um, and they're the colors are you know the the lips are are really beautiful, flattering shades, but the eyes are <laughs> wild. I don't think I you know I haven't seen pigments like this. Thank you. I put a little. I was like used my finger. <laughs> the best. I was like I better wear some, and I like <laughs> dip my finger in your liner and just like put some glitter on best. my eyes. Um, you've really cut through a lot of noise and that doesn't just you know that doesn't come from having a huge audience like you have to have a great product thank you what would you say the unique value proposition is about Huda Beauty because it's yes of course it's you but the product stands for itself I think a couple of things I really think we're very innovative when it comes to products Um, and I feel like it kind of you know reflects back onto our content like we're so we always push the boundaries you know when it comes to content we always push the boundaries with product we're one of the brands we're quite frankly, we were the first to do many things, you know, whether it was like, you know, asking people, we created these amazing pigments um, back in 2016 when we first launched makeup. And it was like, you had to use your finger in order to use them. And everybody was like so mad at us. But then it became a thing because your finger was better. Um, and so many other brands, you know, started doing it. And we're talking luxury brands who were, you know, telling us very directly, like we loved it. We were inspired by it. Um, who I won't ma- I won't name names, but it was really, it was amazing to see happen. And then we had a lot of things like that happen. And I feel like now there's an expectation on us to deliver high quality, but also innovative products. How do you stay on top of things? Because the beauty industry changes mm-hmm. really quickly. Yeah. There's trends that emerge, what you described with... Yeah. Uh, applying makeup with your fingers Mm -hmm. and then now we're on to something else yeah do you do trend research do you just stay close to the content creators that are making things today like it's you know we can be really successful and then be like oh that worked and keep doing the same thing I'm not data driven though okay I refuse to read all is it all gut like this is what's next 100% actually I create trend mood boards for my team to come see because there's like you know the Pantone color and I'm like it's wrong this year I guarantee you guys it's wrong this year I promise you I feel like it's something else and so you know and I feel also like everybody else is doing something and like why are we going to do the same thing so like a lot of people will be absorbing the same data I'm like if I'm getting this data that means all the other companies are getting this data as well so maybe we need to do something different yeah we have um we have the most amazing team we have um we're a little bit under 200 people right now so we're not small but we're also not big for a beauty brand we're, we're, we're like we're we're actually quite small for a beauty brand um but you know i think it's we have a very interesting team like they're 
I feel like they're they are very intuitive like they understand the importance of you know feeling and emotion and putting those things into products and you know I think it's just I think it's really powerful how has your role in the company changed because you're obviously not someone who just slaps their name on things yeah this product I feel like I drive everyone crazy wouldn't be as great as, as it is if you weren't doing that and I know you're probably very much in the weeds as all founders are in the very beginning you have 200 people now it yeah. sounds like you finish the content part of your day at 10 a.m and mm-hmm. you're very involved with your business how has your role changed your contribution to the company and the team and the t- way you're spending your time yeah. changed from day one to year two to now it's really weird because like in the beginning you're doing I mean I remember the first you know lip product that we did I literally had I mean we had an office but nobody was in it um, I took a plate like a plate for food and I was mixing like paint to make the shades and I did everything wrong then like we did the packaging but we didn't finish all the the compliance at the time like it was really bad and so like we were such a small team but we were so gritty and so scrappy um and I feel like now you know we are we're quite you know we're bigger and we're doing things more correctly but I still feel like we're still so small so I don't know maybe in my head I still want to do like the small stupid the yesterday I edited my video for Instagram and then I you know, create a lot of content for Snapchat. And then I sent it to my team. I was like, oh, can we create this kind of stuff? Um, I probably should be less involved. I just can't help myself. So you got private equity from TSG, yeah, which is like primo, primo money. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't remember who they've invested in, but it like, cosmetics, um, the best. Yeah. Smashbox. Um, they're great. Yeah. They do like a, there's a lot of consumer goods for them. At what point did you know it was time to take, that kind of institutional capital yeah. and catapult your business and your valuation to over a billion dollars. Yeah. I felt like there was a point where we needed help. And, you know, like I, I just felt like in order to really compete in the beauty industry, you know, we still, we needed more people and really, really like we have the most amazing team who built the company, but they aren't, they need better mentors. Cause at the point I was kind of a lot of people's mentor and I was not the best person like at all like they needed a real um product development strategy real you know pr strategy real distribution strategy and all of my stuff is gut so i'm always like i feel like we should be there because that's where i shop Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's where i feel like we need to be because of this and don't get me wrong we still use a lot of that but um now there's a lot of you know there's we were just talking about that there's healthy debate because like i'm like i feel like this and then you know they give me reason and then we kind of we we we're all reasonable people we hire really amazing kind genius reasonable people and I feel like because of that like we use intuition but there's also like data there too what do you look for when you hire those team members uh, we have a type we call it Huda beauty material uh, <laughs> we call it it's a type you'll feel it and if you're in our UK office our US office oh man you know Dubai office the people are there's a type um, they're a little quirky they're not boring. Um, they're really smart. They give so many fucks. I feel like that's a pre- like that's a, that's a um, you know prerequisite. They have to care so much, um, so much. Um, that's probably the most important thing. And then I like nice people. I don't I don't work with assholes. <laughs> okay, guys, I have a special guest from the Girl Boss team. It's none other than Neha Gandhi our very own COO. You've heard her on Girlboss Radio before, but now Neha's going to host our new podcast with Tresemme called Mentor Memos. Hi, Sophia. So tell me about Mentor Memos. You're hosting, but also you're one of the mentees featured on the show. What's Mentor Memos and why do you think people should listen? Mentor Memos is this really cool new thing we're doing. It's a series of six episodes that 
talk all about mentorship and we go deep with these pairs of mentors and their mentees and we do it all in partnership with Tresemme who has been helping women support each other and advance in their chosen paths for over 70 years now. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the format of the show like? What what can listeners expect to hear? So we tee up these incredible pairs of people who really are going to give all of us hope about how women do and can support each other. I talk to them about their relationships, about how they've met each other, how they forged a mentor relationship. And then they question each other, actually, about things that they've always wanted to know about their relationships. Oh. So who are some of the exciting guests? We have Cecile Richards, who used to be the CEO of Planned Parenthood. We have my own mentor, Christine Barbrick, the global editor-in-chief and co-founder of Refinery29. We have Baba Rivera, the head of this incredible marketing agency, Sonia Rasola, the founder of Unique Markets, and so many more. So why the focus on mentorship? Why was this an important topic for us to tackle in partnership with Tresemme? We hear from so many women that it's so hard to find a mentor. Everyone wants one. It's hard to figure out how to do it. And Tresemme was the natural partner for us to do this with because, like I said, they've been supporting women in exactly these kinds of endeavors for over 70 years now. So how can we listen? You can subscribe anywhere you find your podcasts. And the first episode drops September 15th. Cool. So if you subscribe, you'll get notified when the first episode drops. So what are you waiting for? Subscribe to Mentor Memos wherever you get your podcasts. I think the way people work when they are when they take their work personally and they yeah. take accountability for their work and they own their work and yeah. they and also feel like they can go run with their work to a certain extent. Totally. It sounds like you're letting people do that more and more and you're trying to listening to smart people's feedback and sometimes getting proven wrong, which can be also yeah. really thrilling. Uh, it's great it's because a, it's like yeah. a different perspective. So you're number 37 on the Forbes richest women <laughs> list. Um, that's a big deal. Um, how did that feel? That moment that Forbes called you and said, listen, you're one of the richest women in the country. So um, I'm very private. So when that number came out, to be honest, I was a little taken back. I felt um, I, I had not submitted... Um, you know, my, my team had actually shared some data and we didn't realize that that was then going to go into that list. And um, it, I, I'm honored to be on the list. I love Forbes. I think it's an amazing publication. I just didn't know I was going to go onto that that self-made list. So I, at the time, I was a little, um, I was shy, I guess, is that, that if that makes sense. Um, I, I just didn't know. Like, we're, we've been very private with everything. Um, you know, our company had been so successful, but been very private about that. And so um, that was something that I kind of thought we would keep. Um, and then at that point, you know, we were like, well, let's just, you know, for the most part, everything's out there. Did you celebrate? No. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. That's like, that's who to boss. You to boss. Well, I don't just think it keep means. keep moving. Yeah. Because like, you know, like the, the reality is too, I don't think where you are really determines what you're doing. I think where you're going determines, you know, who you are. So for me, it's like, I always say to my team, you know, we may not be where we want to be yet, but it doesn't matter. It's like, where are we going? Where are you going? Where are we going? We're going, uh, you know, um, I think to put it best, um, TSG uh, said this to me and I really, I, I fell in love with them for a few reasons. But one, I feel like they saw the vision and they said to me, you know, like Estee Lauder was, you know, the 20th century. Huda Beauty is the 21st century, um, you know, and so they really understood that, you know, Estee Lauder was 
is something that I aspire to be like. I love the idea of becoming a conglomerate and, um, you know, the idea of being something that can change the beauty industry. That's something we talk about a lot. We really want to change the face of beauty. Um, I feel like it's time. You know, beauty has been a certain message for a long time and people want something different. And, you know, if there's any brand to do it, we have to be the brand to do it. We, we do it. We're doing it. But I really want to make sure that people know that it's our commitment. It's our mission. What is your definition of beauty? You know, when I was young, it was it was something I feel like people either had or they had they were have nots about it, you know, like and you really felt it like if you didn't feel beautiful, it felt terrible. And um, for me, it was more of an image at the time. And now I feel like it's completely an emotion. It's completely a feeling. And that's why I feel like it's so empowering. Um, you know, I felt like it was probably not represented correctly. And I feel like there is an opportunity to show people how powerful it can be. When people feel beautiful, they feel powerful, like straight up. They feel powerful. They feel empowered. They feel just more strong. They feel strength. Um, feel good. It's transformative. It is. You know, a nasty gal was like, it wasn't a leather jacket. Yeah. It was a leather jacket that a girl bought. And it was, it, basically it was like, she I'm more confident. It. Yeah. I'm wearing this and I'm going to go out in the world. And this is an alchemical Absolutely. experience. I'm, I've been transformed. It was totally. like a prayer to her future yeah. more than it was a purchase. A hundred percent. That feeling is really important. It's really, really rare that someone can build a brand that gives people that kind of feeling. I mean, it's, it's work. We, t- we do it all the time. You know, the team is really vested in that. So we do it all the time, but it's a, you know, it's something you have to constantly talk about. You have to constantly tell people that that's your mission. Cause like sometimes they'll forget, you know, and they'll take their makeup off and then they'll feel like they're not beautiful anymore. I'm like, well, no, you're the same. They're the same person. So it's, it's something that we co- constantly have to kind of communicate to people and let them know, you know, what the, what is facts. So you're into fragrance now. Yeah. You've launched fragrance recently. Mm-hmm. Tell me about, is it Kayali? Kayali, yeah. Kayali, which is Kayali in Arabic, which means my imagination. Um, and the concept really is derived around like, you know, creating um, these mixes of fragrances. It's my sister's project and I want to support her in it. Um, you know, but it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. To say the least. She's very talented. I wish I could, we could all smell it. Well, we'll make sure you guys get some. <laughs> okay. um, you have... There's so many huge accomplishments over Thank the course you. of your career. What would you say your proudest moment is? Or what are you proudest of? That's a tough one. I mean, I have I have a lot of personal things that I'm more proud of. I think um, growing as a human being, um, my daughter being a mom to her has been really rewarding. I didn't want to be a parent in the beginning. And then I got pregnant accidentally. And uh, it's been a really, it's been a beautiful thing. Um it's taught me a lot of patience. I feel like that's like the thing I've learned most from being a mom is, you know, that you need to respect the time and everything. Um, and it's, it's been beautiful. She gets, she makes me more creative too, which I love. She makes me feel good. So there's this question I ask everybody who yeah. comes on Girlboss Radio. There's actually two questions I ask everyone who comes on Girlboss Radio. And one of the things that we talk a lot about is this concept of success. Mm-hmm. Um, because you just talked about your daughter. And that's yeah. not financial. That's not about your career. Yeah. It's something you're proud of that doesn't have to do with what the typical definition of success is. Yeah. Which is being on the Forbes list. Which right. is having Instagram followers. Everyone's Instagram followers. <laughs> um, what would... What would, what do you would you say your concept of success is? What is success? I feel like I have a very clear you? concept. All right, um, it's just happiness. It's pure like pure happiness, feeling really good. Because the reality is, last year I hit a point where I realized that you know when we finally got our investors in, and it's like something you would assume would make somebody feel really good. I felt really bad. 
um, because I just started thinking a lot about my purpose and how I'm supposed to like, you know, pay my my dues forward. Um, and I realized like I wasn't happy with a lot of things. I didn't feel good enough in many ways. And I know that's a whole nother conversation and it's time to wrap, but it made me, you know, understand that happiness, the people who are truly, utterly happy were like the most successful in my opinion. Um, and that's not something that's easy to come by. And that's why I think it's really important. You know, I, I wrote down like the most important things in my life and, you know, I'm, I'm a spiritual person. So spirituality is really important. Family is really important. Health is really important. And then work was like the last, but I was doing things the other way around. And I was like, shit, like that doesn't make me happy, you know, realizing that my priorities are not in the right place. So I think about those things a lot. And I think that ultimately balance, you know, I'm a Libra too. I'm all about balance. <laughs> um, so are you Libra too? We got Libras in here. Teresa is a Libra. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm really spiritual. I'm into all that stuff. I'm into the energy and spirituality. So, um, so I believe that like, you know, balancing it out is really important. So that's why I wake up five hours early. So I get that time in to do those things that are important to me because then my cup is full. So inspiring. I've been bad at it. I've been bad at it, but I need to get back on it. <laughs> I'll, I'll call you. I'll wake you up. Um, another thing that we ask everybody that comes on Girl Boss Radio is, what is your most recent Girl Boss moment? So it wasn't something I did for myself, but it was something that really changed my perspective. My husband took me to Iceland, and I let him spoil me. I don't ever do that, like ever. I don't spoil myself. I don't let anybody spoil me. I mean, I, I spoil myself with material things. I don't think that's right. But <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, that's not, like, this was, like, a, a point where I was, like, I'm going to let somebody take care of me. And it filled my cup so well. <laughs> like, it was amazing. I came back into the office and, you know, shit was going down. I was, like, it's okay. We're going to figure it out. And people were, like, what happened to Huda? <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was one of the most amazing things. I realized the importance of filling your cup, the most important, you know, you know ways to do that. And, um I now really put an effort into it, like so much. And I think it's, you know, it's really important to, to have that balance. I don't do it all the time, but I think it's very important. It's, it just changes your life. Huda, thank you so much for thank joining you. me on Girl Boss Radio. This thank has been amazing. You. All right, everybody, that's our show for today. Thank you so much to Huda for joining us on Girl Boss Radio. And, you know, on Girl Boss Radio, we really try to bring you guests who are not just accomplished, but they're 100% real about what it takes to reach success, whatever that might mean for you. Our goal here in the show and at Girl Boss is to provide you the tools and resources you need to better navigate your future. And that's why I really hope you subscribe and listen to Mentor Memos. It's our new podcast in partnership with Tresemme, hosted by none other than Girl Boss COO Neha Gandhi, one of the smartest interviewers I know. Each episode is filled with so many gems and bits of wisdom from super accomplished women like Tresemme's global hairstylist, Justine Marjan, and former Planned Parenthood CEO, Cecile Richards, who is really special, and many other incredible women. So before you forget, subscribe to Mentor Memos today. And while you're at it, tell a friend or a few friends, okay? As always, if you like Girlboss Radio, subscribe, share Girlboss Radio, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, or follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.